when somebody has cancer, this is the regimen that they have to be on and this is what works for them and and you know that right but with fibro it's just everybody has a different um um, a different schedule of what their medications are of what their exercise looks like of just everything Hello everyone, this is Anthony for a new episode of Your Brother's Podcast. Today I'm with a very special guest, Ines Cuz. I recently met Ines through the 10X Mentor community, and we instantly shared common values. Ines is living with Crohn's disease and fibromyalgia. She spent the last six years of her life trying to find plans and treatments to combat chronic pain. Despite these physical obstacles, she could figure out ways to be a successful entrepreneur, mother, wife, and contributor to the wealth and the wellness of everybody else around her through coaching, mentoring, and writing. She truly believes that no matter your physical or mental condition, you can go and achieve all your dreams. Inez, welcome to the show. Thanks, Anthony. It's a pleasure to be here with you. So Inez, my first question for you today is, I want you to tell me more about your business and your vision because people don't know you right now. And of course it's an intro, but what are you doing exactly? And what do you see doing with your business in the next couple years what is your big why right now okay the big why the biggest why is um is really you know when i was first diagnosed um with these two conditions there there has to be a reason i believe there's a reason for everything and um i i just assume that it's i have this um drive to help others so the best way to help somebody is when you're put in the same position that they are and so my big why is just to bring more focus and um, um, so that there's um, more help in the community for other people who who have fibromyalgia because it's not a um, it's not a common term that everybody's heard of. Um, it's the disease is only, you know, about 40 years old. It used Can to you be describe the symptoms to people who don't know this disease? Um, fibromyalgia um, used to be classified as arthritis mm. because it's, but it's not in the joints and such as per se. It's, uh, it's just a pain. Um, basically, it's a switch inside you that is always on. Your pain switch mm-hmm. is always on. So if you stub your toe, your brain says, "Ow, oh, that hurts!" Right? The instant pain from the toe it goes to your brain says that hurts. Um, with people who have fibromyalgia. Um, our switch is just always on. So you can be just sitting doing nothing and and have pain, right? Mm. It's something that for um, the causes for it are uh, pretty much undetermined. They, they, yeah. they have multiple ideas as to why you get it, but nothing for certain. Mm-hmm. So my big why is um, just to help others um, who who are struggling you know because having this disease is it's a it's a huge struggle and you know people do things that to cover it up and 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 combat that pain but they're just not living um, a fulfilling life mm-hmm. and to me that that's just not right you know everybody deserves to lead a fulfilling life and absolutely so so yeah so i'm out there fighting fighting for the little guy who's the got warrior. <laughs> the warrior 
<laughs> these exactly. little guys will become big guys and girls, I'm sure. There's no way uh, around, around it. So, um, so if everything started six years ago, do you remember like a turning point where it just came to you in one moment or it was gradual? No, actually, the, the pain that I felt um, started when I was just a teenager. Oh, okay. And um, I've gone to the doctor multiple times, had uh, multiple surgeries trying to figure out, you know, why I have the pain that I do. And it just finally, you know, I was diagnosed with Crohn's disease. And then six months later, I uh, went to a rheumatologist because I had been to physio and I had been to for massages and I tried all kinds of things and they just brought me more pain. Mm. And so finally my doctor sent me to a rheumatologist and uh, she said, yeah, you have fibromyalgia. And um, upon hearing that, I mean, I didn't know what it was. Yeah. Once I started doing some reading on it, everything, I just checked all the boxes, right? That was mm, just, I see. you know, there's um, the constantly being tired mm -hmm. um, and just the chronic pain, the pain 365, 24 seven it's just always with you right when you sleep how is it um well you don't sleep that's that's a ah, big okay. as well so because you're on top of everything wow right that pain will wake you up so you know i take things to help me with sleep um mm -hmm. before before i had sleeping pills i would sleep for maybe an hour and a half two hours then i'd be up for a couple hours and then i'd sleep for a couple hours so you know, it makes it difficult. I was a single parent with yeah. two girls. And so trying to raise them and and combat this disease at the same time was it it, it was a great struggle. And there mm. there just wasn't enough resources out there to help me out. Right. Every time I was looking for something, it wasn't there. So now I'm at the point in my life where um those resources aren't there i'm going to make those resources mm -hmm. and that that's where i'm at now yeah something needs to be done mm -hmm. and um the awareness and and the help and the support that we need um it's time to do it on a large scale because there's millions of people living with this condition mm -hmm. and and people don't even realize and many people live with it and and it's diagnosed as something else Mm -hmm. Right. Because even the medical community, um, a lot of the people in the medical community don't believe that this is even real. Wow. Still to this day. Still to this day. Yeah, mm. yeah for sure. Um, so how did you manage to have a normal job then? Like, how did you work at the same time? If you have pain all the time, was it even more difficult to just have a normal nine to five? Or what was your career situation uh, maybe a couple of years ago? And are you still in the same position now or are you fully entrepreneur without any uh, maybe stable other job? Yeah, that's interesting. Right. So when I was diagnosed, um, because of um, being diagnosed with a Crohn's disease six months before, and um, I was in the hospital for a couple of weeks, so I was actually trying to heal from the Crohn's disease and get that under control. Mm -hmm. And when it came to, you know, having the pain the rest of my life, I would just do things that 
you know, that would try and help. So there was taking Tylenol or um, doing lots of exercises, eating properly, things like that. Nothing really made it feel better, but I just thought, well, this is just my lot in life in the way that it is, right? So you just have to suck it up and deal with it, basically. Um, but as the years go by, it it progresses into something, you know, that gets worse, obviously, because your your body deteriorates, right, over time. And and especially being female with the hormones and everything else, it's just another thing added on top of it, right? So um, I have, you know, I was working full-time um, about four, four years ago, five years ago. Um, I would work Monday to Friday, and Saturday and Sunday I would be in bed all day because Always. I couldn't I couldn't do anything else right so I had really no quality of life um but I knew that I had to make that paycheck and that was that was the most important thing um once um COVID started though and I was actually laid off because I was you know the last one hired at at my uh, my place of employment yeah so I was the first one to go right mm-hmm um, that, uh, to me, I took that as a sign that things were supposed to change and I was supposed to yeah. get on this path of, of helping others and, um, bringing more awareness mm -hmm. to, um, the challenges that we face and just trying to find ways that, that, you know, we can still lead a, a fulfilling life. And so I actually, um, Six months into COVID, uh, met uh, uh, a young man, and um, he actually um, has his own um, uh, writing company. And mm -hmm. so I became an author and wrote about it. Here's my book. Actually, Here's the book. Let's show the book. Of course, book. marketing, yeah. girl. Let's go. Thanks so, for success um, on Amazon. I will put the link in the description. available on Amazon, yeah. Yeah. Um, so that was the beginning of it. When I told my story, um, that was just the start of it. And since then, I've told my story many of times and, and just keep bringing more awareness to it. And, and now I don't work a full-time position. I, I do work full-time from home. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's, it, you know, uh, some days I'm actually busier than, than when I did go, you know, outside of the home for work. I try every once thing. in a while um, because I enjoy going out to work, right? Yeah. Um, the industry that I was in, um, it's just so much fun, right? I have a journeyman certificate in as a parts technician. Hmm. So I've managed and um, worked in multiple different types of parts stores and it's just so much fun. I love my my uh, customers and and the people that I get to work with. And, and it's it's just really a lot of fun for me, but it, it does take a lot out of me. And, yeah. uh, but because of that too, now I know, you know, different options of what other people could possibly do, right? Those people who have fibro that, that need to work or that want to work, um, I have ideas for them and, and ways that you can, um, input some strategies so that, you know, you can have a full-time position and make a good wage and, and still support your family. Right. Yeah. That's beautiful. Uh, 
maybe give me two or three examples of what is possible if you have fiber. Like, what kind of work can you do that you think is manageable if you listen to yourself, hear your body? Just if anybody on the on the show listen to us and suffer from it, maybe just two or three examples, like what you think is possible for them. Sure. As a career. Well, um, positions that are um, where you have an opportunity to both sit and stand. Mm -hmm. Because you need that balance, yeah. right? Uh, sitting too long, everything just uh, pretty much tightens up, and it. it Welcome it just... to my world. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sitting all day, almost. I need to yoga, stretch. Otherwise, I'm like, oh, like old man. Yeah, for sure. Right. Well, we all need that, right? I mean, I yeah. do the same thing. I sit at my desk, and and you know, before I know it, it's three hours later, and I can barely mm. get out of my chair. <laughs> yeah. So um, positions, yeah, that offer that balance of sitting and standing and um, nothing that where you're um, lifting any heavy amounts or anything mm -hmm. like that, that's not good. Um, you know, everybody still is different. Their, their uh, level of pain is different. How they manage it is different. So, you know, there are some people with fibro that, I mean, they, they do have a, a very, um, uh, heavy labor type of job and it works mm -hmm. for them right okay because so everybody depends, right? yeah you can't you can't lump us all into one and say okay well this is the only position that you can have no of course of course because we don't all feel that way right um it's you know i've often compared it to like having cancer when somebody has cancer this is the regimen that they have to be on and this is what works for them and and you know that right? But with fibro, it's just everybody has a different um, um, a different schedule of what their medications yeah. are, of what their exercise looks like, of just everything, you know? Just it's every person's life is just totally different. You can't lump us in together whatsoever. No, no two people who have fibromyalgia take the same medications. Really? Right? Because Just some work fine. and some don't. Yeah, yeah, so you have to try many things. Exactly. To get to where it's you want. Yeah. A lot of trial and error for sure. Yeah. Ines, I have another question for you. Uh, how would you empower mentally people who are attached to a, a victim mentality concerning their condition? So, because I, I see for you, like you're a warrior, you conquered, even if you still feel it, you went through it. But what about people who say, oh, I cannot do this because I have this or I am like this, both mentally and physically. I think it's a, a plague in society now that instead of being empowered, people just will resign and say, well, this is just what I have and that's it. And it's it kills their, their power, their intuition, their creativity. So maybe some tips about that. It would be very interesting. For sure. Um, absolutely. And, and I felt that way. You know, I after imagine. I was diagnosed, uh, it was why me? Why, why, why? Why yeah, did yeah. this happen to me? Why, you know? And as you and I both know, why is the, the worst possible question you can ever ask yourself? Because you never come up with a good answer. You know, and it your mind will ramble on and come up with the craziest notions as to why you deserve, mm. right, to get this disease. And, yeah. and that's you know, isn't the case whatsoever, but, um, you have to work through it. You just, um, acceptance with mm -hmm. this condition is the most important thing. And it's like anything, you know, there's a process, right? Um, it, I, 
it's almost like the grieving process, right? I, I, it was about a year it took me to get out from under the covers and stop feeling sorry for myself mm-hmm. and, yeah. and just say, Hey, like I have to do something this, this isn't me. Right. I was always very outgoing and, and just chasing after, you know, whatever I had my two kids and, and usually had two jobs and, mm-hmm. you know, traveled with the girls and just always having fun and stuff. And, and that part all went away, you know, for that full year, it was just, I, I just couldn't do it. And then I thought, you know what? If I'm not going to do this, who's going? nobody's going to do it for me. And nobody. Right? So, so, yeah, acceptance is the most important thing that you have to do. You have to accept um, the new you, right? Deep down inside, you're still you, right? All yeah. those, my personality is still the same. Mm-hmm. Um, it just my activity level is different, right? So understanding and and being able to look yourself in the mirror and say listen i like who you are you're wonderful you're great you're still you know that great person that you were before now you have something that's just a challenge it didn't happen to me it 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 happens through me right Mm. so you have to look at it that way this this victim mentality you know these things happen to me no they happen through me right this challenge happened to me because I was meant to do something with it, yeah. right? And I believe that others who who have this, if they were able to to speak about it, you know, maybe they could be helping to to make a change in the world, right? and and to do something that we could all join together and make this easier to deal with, right? Um, just the the changes that you have to make to your whole life, right? My entire life, I had to do a shift. Mm-hmm. Stress is the worst possible thing for this disease. But stress is the worst thing for everybody, right? Yeah, <laughs> everybody has it. It's just yeah. you have to find ways and it takes time to figure out what works for you. That's exactly. right. So um, understanding that you have to change your whole world, right? You, you can't go on functioning the way you were before because you'll constantly be disappointed, right? You're setting yourself up to fail. If yeah. beforehand you used to run five kilometers, you know, every day and, um, you know, that kind of slows down and stuff, and then you're diagnosed, and then it's like, well, I'm going to go run my 5K. Well, you can't. You know what I mean? You may never be able to do that again, and you have and to you judge that. yourself. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So for stop sure. beating yourself up by if you have any uh, limitations physically or in energy, to not whip yourself like, oh, I'm failure, I'm, I'm weak, or and just, okay, what else can I do with the energy I have right now that is supporting my my mission my vision or my goals yeah exactly exactly be super in tune with yourself with your natural rhythm and uh was it difficult for you to maybe speak about this to your family and friends or they were supportive from the start no my um because my family is um they're all very healthy i'm the only one that has any health issues 
Um, so I have one sibling. Um, she's eight years older than I am. And she couldn't ever understand or want to understand um, anything to do with what my health condition was. Mm -hmm. So basically, we don't speak. We haven't spoken in years. And it's good for me, like for my health, it's great that she's not a part of my life anymore because of the fact that it was just, it's too stressful to be around her, you know, because she doesn't understand because she doesn't want to understand. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes people are so wrapped up in their own lives that if it takes a little extra effort to be around you, they just can't do it. Right. Nice. So um, my parents were very scared. Um, they instantly think that I'm going to die. And, you know, <laughs> so it's not a death sentence by any means. You can live with fibromyalgia way into your 80s, whatever. Um, you just have to handle things a whole lot differently. Right. Um, but they've I found that we used to do like weekly um, meetings, family meetings and such. Mm -hmm. So that everybody was on the same page. If you're not having to repeat yourself, that is very helpful. Because the other thing that happens is with fibromyalgia, there's something called fibro fog, which I can forget what your question was two minutes ago. Right. Okay. I have no idea what you said because it just, it just goes, I, I don't know why I've tried. If it happens here, tell me I will repeat no problem. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I tell my husband things th three, four times. And he's like, yes, dear, I know. But he never, um, you know, never gets short with me or mm -hmm. anything like that. He's just understanding with it, right? Yeah. And that's what you need to do is surround yourself with people who are understanding. Maybe they don't. Um, fully understand the disease, but they love you enough to try, mm -hmm. right? There are, um, there's multiple um, materials out there on the internet and stuff that you can find about what fibro pain feels like mm -hmm. um, to somebody else. And um, I've printed those off, shared them with my parents and my kids, my husband and stuff so that they could just start to understand a little bit of what I go through. Yeah. Um, if you do things like that, then the understanding comes and then, then, you know, they're more willing to say, okay, well, we may not be able to do this, but with you, we can do this. Right. So it's super important to have um, a caregiver, um, not somebody necessarily that takes care of you, Okay, mm -hmm. but somebody who always goes to the doctor's appointments with you, yeah. um, they're just right on top of what medications you're taking, mm -hmm. uh, when you take them, where you need to be, those types of things. Using a calendar and having um, the whole family be a part of that calendar. So then they're not phoning me asking, you know, what are you doing here? What's going on there? It, all they have to do is look in the calendar, That's right? Good. A yeah. lot of communication. It takes a lot of communication for um, for you to just be proactive in this disease, right? Mm -hmm. You just have to be on top of it. And that way, that allows you um, to rest when you need to.
right? You have to really listen to your body. When I need to rest, I need to rest and I need to do it now. Yeah. Because otherwise, you know, I could rest for two hours today because I overdid mm -hmm. it yesterday, or uh -huh. I could overdo it today as well and be in bed for two days. Mm. Right? So it's like, there's no, the line is very, very little. And then if you cross yeah. it, it's going to be a big, uh, like a hangover of, I work too much. Exactly. Well, or you I do see. anything too much, right? Yeah. I still, um, you know, I enjoy going fishing and my husband and I in the springtime, we go and pick fiddleheads and stuff in the, um, in the bushes and, and, but we go for like an hour because that's what I can handle. Right. Yeah. Excellent. Uh, so a point interesting for me. <laughs> oh, I, you know what? I, I said something funny to my wife earlier. So we have renovations. We have repairs on in the street right now and for, for the last three days. And they're moving rocks with like. Oh, yes. And I sent a video to her like, look at this. They're doing the most noise just before my podcast. God is testing me. I'm doing it anyway. <laughs> there's no excuse. I'm just doing live. So there's no, no postponing or rescheduling. It's live. People have things to do. And we have this beautiful conversation. So no worries. Bus, babies, it will happen through different episodes. No That's problem. Right. <laughs> uh, my next question was, so when you lost your job during COVID, so you said, okay, I will become an entrepreneur. It's very difficult for somebody to just go from employee to self-employed. And one of the goals of my podcast is to actually help people who will have this transition in their life, but maybe they're scared to make the big leap of faith in the unknown. So right. you took this as an opportunity to, okay, start something new, but wasn't it like scary and like overwhelming? And how do you start when you have nothing as a business? Well, um, I wasn't really starting from nothing. Um, okay. I had always had um, some sort of part-time business on the side, right? Mm -hmm. So um, I had gotten into uh, financial services and I've been doing that for about six years now. So um, it's just a way to make a little bit of extra money and, and you know, help out some families because I believe that education on money is just so very important. You know, Absolutely. just don't know everything that we need to, and and we're depending on institutions um, to help us. But they're 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 only worried about making their own money, right? So, um, I wasn't starting off going, oh, I'm just going to be an entrepreneur and we'll call mm -hmm. it good. I've always been that way. I've always had a little side hustle. So, um, the thing that was different um was writing the book that was um really jumping you know into a big pond that i had no idea about i had never done that before and it was probably one of the best things that i've ever done in my life i met some of the most interesting people and from all over the world right mm -hmm. all with the same goals the same vision um we're actually a few of us have gotten together and we're doing different side projects now so um, same thing like being, you know, in grants program, you know, mm -hmm. the people that you meet and just like-minded individuals, right? Yeah. I really sure. dove into personal development just to really learn more about myself mm -hmm. and about what I was capable of. And because of COVID, everything was all of a sudden online. And most of the time it was free. 
So, and still to this day, there are a ton of free courses that yeah. you can take. And I just learned all types of things that, that interested me, whether it was um, meditation or um, problem solving skills, you know, just all types of things that interested me in were of interest to me. And then things that I could share because I still had this in the back of my head. I need to help other people just like me. Yeah. So because of that, you know, I was doing all this, um, this learning and full well knowing that I'm going to pass all these things on to others. And so I started going online on Facebook and doing videos mm -hmm. and just sharing, you know, what I was learning and, and different types of things, because I think that, um, you know, we use these terms disabled and, and disease and this kind of thing, but those aren't really positive terms, right? When I look at it, it's not, um, you know, I might be challenged by this, um, but I don't have that victim mentality, right? right? I try and keep it positive. I am a warrior. Yeah. I'm a chronic pain warrior, you know? Yeah. And that's what others are as well. That's how I see them because we, all of us, have some deep inner strength that we just need to tap into, you know, where we could be helping others and such. So, um, yes, it was difficult to say, okay, I'm not going to have a nine to five job anymore because that I had never done. I would, I had always had a full-time position. Mm -hmm. And so, but it's, it, I don't know. I think if you really want something, you can go after it and go get it. You know, now I have this, um, this greater vision of what I can do uh, for people who, you know, have certain disabilities and including uh, fibro and Crohn's and such. And it's just, it's growing into something huge and it's just super exciting. I don't know. I just, I get yeah, up every I'm morning and I'm so super excited. Like this morning, I mean, this, to me, this is morning, right? We're talking early morning. The sun is just yeah. rising. Okay? Yeah. What time is it for you now? Um, it's uh, 20 after six in the morning. Uh -huh. uh, so oh, we really? started this an hour hey, ago. We have 10 hours yeah. uh -huh. Yes. So I was up at four in the morning. I'm Good so job. excited. No coffee necessary. No coffee it, necessary. No, for sure not. I had my chai tea and it was, you know, and that's the other really thing. Amazing. Like you just have to be good to yourself, you know, give yourself those good little things that, um, that make you feel happy. Small wins are better than no wins at all. Right. Oh, so those little things. The day. You? Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Sure. Let me see what else I have for you here. Um, who or what is your biggest source of inspiration in life? Who or what is your biggest source okay. of inspiration? It can be a person, it can be a thing, it can be uh, anything else in between. And I'm just curious how you keep this energy despite everything. And maybe if you have somebody that you admire, it's, okay, one day I want to be a bit like them, but staying myself. Um, I I don't really, um, I, I haven't found anybody that, um, that has fibro that I would really model after. Mm -hmm. uh, so you'll be the first I one. Because I don't, I, I don't go looking for that, right? Yeah. I yeah. go looking for just 
just people who inspire me and, and not necessarily somebody who has fibro. Um, but my greatest inspiration is my children. You know, I, I was a single parent for their whole lives. And so um, every day I, I get out of bed, it's for those girls. You know, um, I have a core purpose that that is written out. It's it's on my wall. Um, I look at it every single day, multiple times through the day. Mm -hmm. It keeps me um, staying on that course um, because I know that once I fulfill um whatever God's plan is for me, that, um, that it's all going to be for those girls, right? Those girls yeah. need to see that, um, that it's okay, you know, um, to have a challenge and still work through it and be successful. It's okay to, to cry. It's okay to say, I'm sorry. Um, it's okay to walk away from something. Right. Mm -hmm. Even when that something might be um, still good, but it's OK because it's not healthy for you. Right. It's not good for you. So um, showing them that, you know, you can lead an inspiring life. I think that's that's just my my guiding purpose, really. You know, everything is done for those girls so that I just want to be that great role model for them that they can say, well, you know what? Mom did this. And if mom can do that, then I can too. You know, what you're telling me right now, I can see for like the archetype of being a mother for, for the world in general. So not just your, your kids, but if you, if you hold the flame of your inspiration and you just go and you share your things, you share the, your message, not only your kids will be inspired by that. And when I say kids, it can be adults. It doesn't matter the age, really. Like my show, it's your brother's podcast. And I... I I did an episode earlier to speak about this, but why the brother? The brother for me is, is somebody who is giving you wisdom, who wants you to succeed, who wants yeah. you to tell you the truth when something is not for you. Doesn't matter if I'm 30 years old or 60 years old or 16 years old. That's right. I can still be your brother in terms of if it's a family, I want to be to take care of you and I want you to go and live your full potential. So if you can be the mother through your message, through your kids, through their kids, and other people who have uh, some challenges, then that's a, an amazing immortal vision and mission. And it's just very inspiring. For sure. that, um, And it's funny, too, because I am very motherly, you know, when uh, I can imagine my girls have their friends over and stuff. It's, yeah. yeah, they call me mom. And, and <laughs> yeah, and I love them and hug them and I'm there for them. And, you know, you want to talk. I'm here for you. Anything you need, I'll give you some guidance and such. And and um yeah absolutely i i would mother anybody you know it's just i i my daughter actually brought home this girl once and she was like mom do you think we can keep her like she can she stay and live with us really? <laughs> and i was actually really thinking about adopting her um mm. because i i hate um you know kids that don't have they don't have support and they don't have people around them that love them you know, you don't need a ton of money, but you do need a ton of love. Love. She was an orphan, or what was her situation? Sorry. Uh, she was an orphan, or what was her situation? I uh, no, girl? she. So she was in the foster system because uh -huh. uh, her dad, she didn't know who he was, uh -huh. and her mom basically just kind of dropped her off there. She had drug mm -hmm. and such, and yeah. so so yeah. But it was um, yeah, it came very close 
to me having three girls instead of two, <laughs> um, which, you know, wouldn't have been a problem for me. It just, um, I, I don't know. I think that if you have room that you should, you should help. Or if you don't have room, you should still help make room. Right. Mm. Find a way at least to be Fine. present and it's meals, love, nice uh, conversations, happy with the homework or whatever is necessary to, uh, to make a difference. Awesome. Yeah. Oh, um, so maybe we covered about this a bit, but maybe just to go a bit deeper. So if people don't, have, they don't have fibro, but they feel exhausted and they feel drained, but they still have projects and deadlines to meet. What should they do? Because I'm maybe even guilty of that when I have many things, I want to finish things. I have a big to-do list. I want to cross all the check marks. But then the day after I can wake up and have this fog that you speak about just because my body, like I went overboard the day before. Right. So if you know you have something to finish, it's important for you. Is there a way to find this energy in a different way or it just, you really should take a break and there is no solution just then wait and yeah, I don't know if you have any advice on that. Um, I think that, um, you know, we all have tons of things to do, right? Um, the list can be as long as your arm, pretty much. Um, I think that um, if there's something that's very important that you need to get done, absolutely uh, stay focused on that. But I also believe in um, timing things. Mm -hmm. So something that's helped me a lot and, and kept me moving forward is I use the alarm on my phone. So it'll be, you know, pacey or half an hour. And that's my time spent on my emails. Uh -huh. and, and you know what I mean? That kind of thing. Yeah, don't go over too. that. You mm -hmm. know, don't hit the snooze button or anything like that. <laughs> um, when you utilize that and and do things in between time that gives back to you. So whether that be um, 10 minutes to go for a walk around the block or, um, you know, 20 minutes to have a nice lunch, maybe, you know, play with your little kid there or something yeah. like that, right? Um, you have to do those little things because that's what's gonna um, get you moving forward to, to being great at those other things, right? Mm. Um, to sit there and struggle for hours because you're working on something, it's not going to turn out um, the way you want it to, right? But there's, you know, multiple things that you can do in between, right? Not to say that you don't focus on that. Absolutely. You have to get that done. That's very important. Um, I usually, the most important things, I schedule first thing in the morning yeah. when I'm fresh. And um, I don't ever start a new project at, you know, three or four in the afternoon. Never mm -hmm. do I do that. That's, you know, the, that time there is spent, um, you know, maybe outside for half an hour, enjoying that sunshine. I have a ton of flowers in my yard. So I go <laughs> out, and, you know, while the flowers and stuff like that. So um, just taking that time to break up your day a little bit will keep you more focused and and yeah, start on the tough stuff first thing in the morning. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a great absolutely. advice. When you're remember, yeah, reading the. Have you read the book The One Thing by Gary Keller? Yes. 
Yeah. Yes. So that's I remember that the, the six hours time frame. Like your willpower is the strongest from when you wake up to six hours later. It doesn't mean you cannot do something else in the evening. No. But just scientifically speaking, like the hardest projects and like let's say do a podcast or maybe I'm an exception exception because my my time zone is a bit different than everybody else. <laughs> uh, any other guests, I have to to fine tune that. But if you wake up at six from six to two, put all the things that are the most creative, the most demanding for your brain energy wise and then afternoon you can do maybe more socials or kind of catching up with emails uh social media stuff um yeah reading books and family time at night and maybe in the morning too so yeah that's, that's um, very good advice yeah there's also something else that i do um i guess it all depends to you on where you live and how much you drive but i've turned my truck into basically a rolling university so I have audiobooks, um, and every time I'm in the truck, that's what I listen to instead of listening to the radio, because mm -hmm. the, you know what that that ten minutes, you know that it takes me to get from here to the store kind of thing. Well, that's ten minutes that just puts some goodness into my brain, and you know it changes your outlook on life a little bit, and you know you're not yelling at the guy who cut you off and stuff like that because that's just wasted energy anyways, right? Oh, yeah, so much. So, so yeah, just staying focused, keeping the main thing, the main thing. Mm. Right? <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. So how many books can you like, read or listen? Uh, is it like one uh, a week, one a month? What is your usual routine? And if you calculate um, for the year, approximate. So last year I did, um, I did about 13 books. Mm -hmm. um, a couple of them I did twice though, because yeah. That, um, you know, when there's some books you need to listen to multiple times. Oh, yeah. Right. Like there's good friends. You just need them again and again. Exactly. Exactly. Because you get something different every time. Yeah. Right. Um, there's a book by Matthew McConaughey called Green Light. Um, it's a story basically of it's an autobiography, but mm -hmm. he is so entertaining and yet the value and the insight he's a very deep man and i would suggest that i his book is i think it's about six hours long mm -hmm. and um i listened to it multiple times it's just it it's just a i don't know i got it just for fun kind of thing but it turned out to be something that that did teach me something although it was very entertaining you know um, I enjoy podcasts and things like that as well. I try and um, use my time wisely, right? Um, so not too much for TV, things like that. Just, no, you know, use all the me. time you have um, doing things yeah. that you love, right? Yeah, perfect, perfect. Mm. Um, Ines, so usually when I'm close to the end of my interviews, I like to ask people, let's imagine that this podcast become bigger international and people go and listen to your episode and we want to extract like your life wisdom your your most important message that you have to share with the world in a nutshell what would it be so like something timeless and immortal that you think like if it's five years from now ten years from now if youtube is still cool in 2032 let's see <laughs> like go back and say oh she said that in 2022 it was like original and uh what would be this message? You can just go with your intuition. What comes up? Um, I think that um, 
you have to be true to yourself. And with that truth, um, there comes, hmm. see, now I wasn't prepared for that. There's a, there's there a truth no that's um, within you, but you just, you have to be true to you, to your goals, um, to whatever your vision is. Don't ever stop fighting for your dreams. Hmm. Okay, because um, the only person that can make those dreams come happen uh, happen is you. So just don't ever give up. We are all warriors in our own right. And with that mentality, you can do anything. Beautiful. Always remember that you are a yeah. warrior. You are good enough. You are just enough. You are enough and you can do anything. Perfect. So, Ernest, how can we connect with you online? Do you have any website, social media? And uh, if we want to learn more about your book, like anything else that we can put in the description so people can connect with you, what would be those accounts? Sure. Um, I'm on Facebook. So, um, if you type in Inez Cuz, actually yeah. in Google, all my stuff comes up. I'm on LinkedIn and Facebook and Instagram. Um, yeah, and I've book got is on Amazon. It going i have a coaching business as well for other fibro uh people challenged by fibro so mm -hmm. um yeah so type my out. name into a google search and it's you'll a find a unique it. name so they will find you they must not be Absolutely. a thousand <laughs> <laughs> excellent so guys uh, for me so it's anthony Rivet here same for me you can find me linkedin facebook instagram my show will also have a very Actually, today I created the Facebook page and Instagram account. So your brother's podcast, you can follow me. Please like and subscribe for this video. It's really helping us grow. Comment anything. If you have any other guests that you think would be nice for the show, you can send me an email or a message. I will absolutely consider that. And uh, I will also put in the link a Patreon link if you want to support me financially for this project. It would be very uh, appreciated. Doesn't matter the amount. Just to grow this project something very big and. Uh, Maybe pay to invite bigger guests. I don't know. I just, I'm just throwing <laughs> this in the universe and what will be, will be. But I appreciate you guys. I'm signing out. Thank you, Anes, for your time. It was a great call. And uh, we'll talk again soon. Sounds great. Thank you, Anes. Okay, thank you so much, guys. See you next time.